The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At one point, 19 officers, including members of the Federal Border Patrol Tactical Unit, ready to engage, were outside the classroom for more than 40 minutes, where the gunman was still firing rounds. But according to the Texas Department of Public Safety, the commanding officer, Uvalde Unified Schools Police Chief Pete Arredondo, made the decision to hold back officers, saying the situation was now a barricaded person, not an active shooter, and required different resources. A decision that investigators now say was the wrong move. Of course it was not the right decision. It was the wrong decision, period. There's no no excuse for that. Okay, so two of the last three, well, two of the three biggest school shootings in our nation's history, in both cases, the cops waited around. So there's something to take a look at there. This story bothers me so much, I really couldn't even look into it when it first started breaking after we got off the air Thursday, because we talked about it some on Thursday. And then as it became more evident that what we speculated was absolutely the case, it's just so sickening. And the the parents, the people just begging them to do something or let me do something. They actually cuffed people who were wanting to go in and do something. One mom who was briefly detained then went around, climbed a wall, got in there to try to help her kids. Parents wow. trying to save their kids from being murdered and the cops are holding them back. Because they won't do it. That's why the parents are going in, because the cops wouldn't do it. And thankfully, it seems at every level, people are very upset about this, have decided that's the wrong thing, and we're going to try to, in the future, hire people, I hope, that will follow the new protocol of you go right away. I don't care if there's one of you. You go and you confront the guy. That's what your job is. It's gratifying. I hope it's useful that, as you say, it's unanimous. Everybody's saying that. FBI sources have said they were trained. They ignored their training. Their training is to go in. 
There's no two ways about this. Um, uh, will it do any good? I don't know. You know, at the risk of being too much of a downer, I had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. We visited our kid. We spent time at uh, battlefields and war memorials and that sort of thing. Um, and 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 I'd also happen to read a couple of things on the theme of why we are fragmenting, why we're falling apart as a society, why we're at each other's throats, whatever happened to the unity we used to enjoy. And I believe this is... It's the same thread running through the story of um, the shoplifters in L.A. Sweeping the the shelves clean, uh, you know, as has happened many, many times. Uh, All the violence in America, in communities. uh, It's the same thread that runs through. We can't say biological males don't get to dominate women's sports because they say they're a girl now. I mean, an argument that's so absurd, it's practically hilarious. No sane human being could adopt it. But there are all these uh, radical academics who are pushing it everywhere everywhere you look. I, I just I feel like it's the same thread, and it has to do with commonly shared values. And that's not, you know, some sort of, oh, listen to the old white guy yearning for a better time. No, it's not that at all. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you came from. We got an email from a guy who mentioned... Uh, that he uh, he he had a coworker who was, I believe, an immigrant from Korea, and he was trying to explain to the guy that um, you know these these values of uh, free speech and, and human rights and 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 everything America is based on, those are not like white people values; they're universal human values. And the guy remained unconvinced. And uh, our listener, whose email I could probably come up with somewhere around here, but his point is. One aspect of mass immigration is that we're taking in a hell of a lot of people who don't give a crap about George Washington or the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence or or America's painful growth from a country that allows slavery to civil rights leader of the world. He doesn't give a crap about any of that stuff, which is okay if once they get here, we are unified in teaching those values and explaining how important they are. We can overcome that because the argument's a really, really good one. But if people are are flooding in from all over the place and instead they're greeted with the message, this is the worst country on earth, the worst anybody who waves the flag or talks about the Bill of Rights is evil, what what sort of reaping are we going to do if those are the seeds we're sowing? I think the answer's pretty obvious. So back to the specifics of the police reaction there in Uvalde, which was similar to the police reaction in Parkland, another level of the horror, besides them standing there listening to gunshots, each one of them maybe the murder of a fourth grader, um, is the fact that they tried to cover it up afterwards. They lied to the media almost immediately, falsifying paperwork, lying in interviews. I mean, it's just it's just disgusting. So mm-hmm. I got to believe, so we were doing this little thought experiment last hour around the idea of this mass shoplifting movement we've got where people run into stores, steal stuff, run out the door, and nobody does anything. And then if you went back to any point in human history, anywhere in the world, and you showed them that video, people would be like, what the hell? I got to believe similar to this. And I'm not certain what the overall cause is. I mean, you were just trying to get to shared values and all those sorts of stuff. But I got to believe you go anywhere in the world today or practically anywhere in history and you explain there's somebody in there murdering little kids. Well, then why aren't guys running in there to stop it? 
Can you imagine Roman centurions shrugging their shoulders and saying, that's not really my job. Or any dudes anywhere. And it doesn't have to be just dudes. Moms also, Mm -hmm. as we saw, mom actually did that. After the police let her go, she went around the barricade and got into the school. But, God, when in human history have grown men who actually took the job of doing this sort of thing? So these aren't just even, like, random guys. Yeah. These are people armed and trained who signed up for a life of danger. When in human history has this ever happened? Something is going on. Uh, isn't that almost certainly true? Yes, it is. And it may be the only issue that matters, honestly. And I just, it is a crying shame that those in our society who do most of the question asking and answering and writing about it and broadcasting it, they're not asking those questions. Not really. I mean, they're they're much more interested in, you know, pitting people against each other by race and that sort of thing. Yeah. I. I, I don't know. I don't know what the big thing is. I mean, you just st- struck on one, but there's something going on. When when grown men you've hired to protect children won't try to stop their murders, when we watch stores get robbed and think, of, what are you going to do? There's something major going on in the society. I think it's as simple as we don't see each other as part of the same team anymore. Even little kids. I mean, clearly, clearly it happened. I, 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 there's no denying it happened. It's happened right. twice now. So there's something there. And, and I've just uh, posited my premise that it wouldn't happen at any other time in history anywhere else in the world. Yeah, the individual coward at Parkland, Florida, though, was, is a different thing than all of those cops being there, having been trained. And say, now we got to wait for the tactical gear. Now, they say, we thought that the killing was over and the guy was just barricaded. So, you know, you can talk about that if you want, although I'm not buying that either. Yeah, parents were being um, handcuffed who wanted to do something themselves. That's yeah. So you're, who, you're serving and protecting what? What are you serving and protecting again? I, I say the same thing that I said on Thursday. I fully get somebody who doesn't want to run in there and confront the guy. Then don't be a cop. I believe, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I believe we can find enough people who are willing to confront that guy. Let's have them be cops. I would yeah. be shocked if we can't find enough people that are willing to take that on. Mm-hmm. But those guys weren't. Well, David French wrote a brilliant piece, I thought, for the dispatch, uh, where he was talking about the terrible law enforcement response and a couple other things in society. And and he talked about, you know, the example of Jesus. Uh, you need not be religious to understand that uh, he said the greatest, uh, you know, love you can show is to sacrifice your your life for someone else um and and the question david french kept asking is uh, in this instance who do those people love and the answer was myself Mm. i love myself Mm. over and over again that's a damning statement there well well, yeah and i think that's another uh you know it's another aspect of of the disease that afflicts our society wow that is a good one right there that is a good one right there are we all whether it's social media or whatever the hell it is, are we all just afflicted with, I'm doing what's best for me in this moment? Are we all afflicted with that? Well, right, yeah, because the other aspect of that is I don't have a responsibility here. My responsibility is to myself. It's not to those little children. It's not to my society. It's not to the shop owner. Uh, It's just, it's to me. Wow, so that reminds me of this sermon I heard on Sunday morning. I took my kids to church. And the, the, the minister was talking about uh, cat theology versus dog theology. Have you ever heard this before? 
And, mm, and, sounds vaguely And familiar. you don't have to be religious for this to, to also work. Because the idea, if you, uh, you pet and feed your dog and take him for walks, your dog's reaction is, wow, you're a good, a good owner, a good master. I mean, you're so good to me. This is so fantastic. If you pet and feed a cat and take care of it, the cat's response is, I must really be fantastic for you to do all these things for me. <laughs> and it's just, it's the view of the world of these good things that are happening to me are God gave these to me, or society has given to me this, or the culture I live in, or something. I should be really thankful that this stuff is being given to me, as opposed to, I must really be the S. Because, I mean, I, ma- I make these things happen. It is because of my wonderfulness that the good things around me are happening. And maybe we just got way more of that all the way around. Uh, the, all the good things are because of my decisions, and my decision right now is to look out for what's best for me. Not, I have been given this wonderful world, and I'm going to participate in trying to keep it wonderful. Well, and likewise, anything bad that happens to me is something that has been done to me. Correct. Not my decision. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. I don't know, but there is something going on. And it's a shame that the phrase, taken for granted, is taken for granted. And it's a really powerful phrase if you contemplate it for a while. Well, I certainly took for granted that in a smallish town in Texas, if a guy was murdering kids, the cops would show up and try to stop him. I certainly took that for granted. Uh, you can weigh in any time on the text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Costco has confirmed that despite inflation, they will not raise the price of their $1.50 hot dog and soda combination. Although it's a little concerning when the price of meat is going up, but Costco's like, not a problem. Uh, (laughs) I like the joke, but man, what a great PR move for Costco. I mean, the hot dog... Soda, all that stuff that they sell there at the little concession stand is obviously, I mean, it's always been way underpriced. It's a lost leader. It's the, you're going to spend 150 bucks on stuff you hadn't even considered purchasing <laughs> while you're there. So, yeah, we'll only make three times as much as the hot dog and soda cost as opposed to ten times as much. Um, I mean, they're still making a profit. Obviously, the soda costs them a half a penny. Uh, but then to get all this PR by acting like, there's some sort of good Samaritans. Sure, champions of the working folk. Yeah, we're really we're willing to take a hit to make sure the hot dog and soda's the same price. Great PR. That was a on brilliant the, move. On the other hand, everybody can use more sweats. Huh? <laughs> Kirkland brand sweats. <laughs> exactly. Another pair of comfy, comfy sweats. <laughs> Come on. It may be summertime, but it'll be cool soon. I'd love to know the actual uh, research that they do there, because, I mean, they've got me figured out the the sort of things where you think, do I have enough of these? Well, just in case I'll buy them that are on the end caps like batteries. I think did I use the last nine volt battery? I may have. Let me buy a pack of 30 for forty five dollars. And why not? And then I end up with stacks and stacks of batteries. (laughs) Exactly. Or more socks than you can stuff into a drawer. (laughs) (laughs) mouthwash, it's all kinds of different things that you think, am I about out? I might be. You know, you could damn near, if you had a little money laying around, you could damn near wear a new pair of socks every single day. 
at the prices. I mean, if you buy one of those like big that dozen packs of socks, they're in the, the cardboard bin at the Costco. What did that cost you? Man, the last time I bought like tube socks at Costco, I thought, what kind of a beast's feet are these designed for? They don't seem to be for human feet. <laughs> they have neither heel nor toe. <laughs> Man, if I can make my way to the back of the Costco where they have the muffins the size of your head and the pies the size of a manhole cover, that's what oh. I need. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of hot dogs, so uh, Judy and I went to visit uh, Little D uh, in the D.C. area. She really wanted to show us her new life. She's got a new place and a new part of the world and friends and then restaurants and stuff. And so we thought, what the hell, we got a long weekend. So we did it. Um, And it was uh, it was fabulous. Just had a great time. We went to this place, Jack, back in your drinking days. Oh, my God. You'd have been in hog heaven as we were. It's an outdoor uh, like big bar with the tables and, 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 and chairs, obviously, but like it covers probably an acre. And right in the middle of it is like a microbrewery place. Uh, and then over here on the other side, this building is where they do their gar- gourmet hot dogs and mm. gourmet fries. So you can get yourself like a, I, I got something called the Devil Dog, which had all sorts of spices and stuff. It was like Chicago style Frankenstein. It was just fantastic. And we got some truffle fries and some uh, 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 chili cheese fries and bacon and something or other fries. And oh my God! So we were drinking. Oh, and they had a great funky band playing live music. We walk in there. Jam and Snoop Dogg. By the time we left, they'd hit Zeppelin and and Tom Petty and, and just everything. Oh, it was just great. Sounds nice. I mostly like to drink in a dark room with people muttering to themselves. But you know, there are other there are other ways to do it. But the humble dog, you know, it, it, and I was going to say you dress it up right. It's it's one of the best things ever. But then uh, last night we went to a bit of a Memorial Day gathering with some friends of ours and. Uh, and it was just a dog in a bun, a little squirt of mustard. Fabulous. Yeah, we were going to have hot dogs over the Memorial Day weekend, and uh, Pugsito, our dog, ate the hot dog buns. I left him on the counter, and he jumped on the couch from the couch to the counter and ate all the hot dog buns. Oh, damn you, Pugsito. Damn no, you. You weigh like five pounds. How can you eat an entire package of hot dog buns? You know, one of my few gripes with uh, the great H.L. Mencken, my uh, literary hero, is that uh, he was anti-hot dog. He thought it was an inferior sausage. Hmm. He thought there were much better sausage no, that's, choices. That's true. Why did we settle on the hot dog with all the great sausages that exist? Expense? Back when yeah. it was lips and ears? Cheap. Uh, kids like it okay. It's it's. I think the blandness of it uh, makes it more popular. Uh, when we were kids, they were mostly eyeballs and ears, right? Hot dogs and now, pretty much. If you're lucky, that was the better ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's fairly plain. But then you can dress it up any way you want, sure, and individualize it. Or if you're a kid, you, you're a kid. You put a little ketchup on there. Everybody's happy. A little more news of the day on the way. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. And Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are we playing this little nugget? Do it! I gotta do the dance! Oh, please stop. Hey, somebody look up. What year did this come out? Hanson, do you know? What year did this song come out? So the reason we're playing it is it just it's the first video on YouTube to hit 2 billion views. 2012. 2012. Thank you, Alex. 2012. That's a 10-year-old tune that my kids do the horsey dance to. Wow. So Henry was barely born. Sam was two when it came out, and it's still that popular. A lot of it because of Fortnite. They have the Psy character in Fortnite who dances around to that song, and so my kids do. But... Mm. I, I don't know the economics of uh, who who had it and what's who's profited, but I got to believe two billion views adds up to a chunk of change. Sure, yeah. If you have to watch an ad before it, for instance, I don't know how that works. I have no idea. But that's they, a, they sell the advertising of all the things, though. Yeah, yeah. It's entertaining. It's bizarre. No, I'm. I'm the, it's I, been so grotesque. No, the, the reason I say I don't know how that works is I, I'm aware of lots of people that make a lot of money off their YouTube channels and there are no ads. Is that? Oh, that's because I pay for the subscription. Mm-hmm. So they get a chunk of all the subscription money. Uh, that's yeah, the way that I works because I never yeah. see ads. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is a, a story that tells you a lot about human beings. Uh, California has had these laws about. 
um, affordable housing for a long time, how you got to have X number of units and, and this housing density and that and whatever. And all of the nice, uh, so that's, that's a poor term. How about all of the more affluent, desirable areas of the state? A lot of the, the towns have said, yeah, yeah, that's a nice law you got there. Thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> and then really? they give the state the finger. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Santa Monica is not going to build a whole bunch of big apartment complexes near the zillion-dollar mansions. Well, they might have to start because the do-gooders of California or those activists and there being enough housing that people can afford have come up with the plan where now there are heavy, heavy fines if if the the uh, the towns don't come correct. And the San Francisco Chironical, with uh, uh, kind of an amusing, uh, really, uh, it's an article that, that shows what human beings are, are about. They, they talk about a couple of affluent towns in the Bay Area, including Alameda, which is fighting the housing plan to create 5,000 homes. And the people said, hey, here's a quote, we are fearful that our paradise will go away. Probably should fear that. Uh, it's a small island city, just over 78,000 people. It's being forced to reckon with California's housing crisis. The state is requiring it to plan for, thir- oh, I'm sorry, about 5,400 new homes um, in the next 10 years or so. 5,400 new homes in a town that has 78,000 people. So, you know, that's a pretty significant yeah, uh, change. I would say so. Yeah, let's see. Residents are worried about parking, traffic, loss of neighborhood character. Etc. Um, people want us to do as little as possible, said one of the council members. If there are no state laws that required us to do it. We would be building little to no housing at all. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, in Atherton, exclusive peninsula community south of San Francisco, uh, they proposed building townhomes to meet their state-mandated goals, and uh, virtually everybody who showed up to a uh, town meeting was against it. And in fact, one of the more popular ideas was pay the $100,000 a month fine instead. Wow. We'll all kick in, raise our taxes, we don't care. I would do. I would join in on that with my neighbors. Absolutely. Oh, listen to the elitist. Absolutely. Listen to the rich man. Well, it's it's an interesting idea that a bunch of people can't get together and decide this is the kind of neighborhood town we want to live in, and uh, and they're mandated to 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 not get to do that. Right, right. You as a city, as a county, can't say you know we don't want bunches of apartment buildings. The state is now manda- mandating you got to build bunches of apartment buildings. Or quadruplexes or, you know, townhomes or, or whatever and you propose if the state approves it. And, of course, you're inevitably going to end up with more people who make a pretty good living who decide, you know, I can live in another state where because of the money I make and have, I don't have to put up with this. Right. Yeah. And they'll leave. Yeah. Now, which maybe, will maybe you lower think... real estate prices and more poor people can move in. Yeah, exactly. Which you get, Yeah, so I guess it would be oh, probably not a lot of you listening to this show, but a lot of people in California would say that's good in the same way that Joe Biden is liking the high gas prices. Well, cool. It'll force people into mass transit and electric cars. And this will be f- cool. We'll force away the greedy rich people who think they get to live in a nice neighborhood exclusively, and they'll get more uh, people that think we all should share the same neighborhood. Right. Yeah, indeed. Some of the people there are pointing out uh, traffic inches off the island. It takes 20 minutes to get off the island already. You're going to pump another 
mm. you know, 5,500 uh, households is probably going to be somewhere between 10 and uh, 20,000 more people. Um, so it's, uh, they're fighting tooth and nail. I just kind of like the idea of, hey, let's just pay the fine. <laughs> you know, we're a rich area. Everybody kicks in, I don't know, like two grand a year. That fine will be nothing. You know, I, it's funny. I have never at any point in my life when I was, you know, definitely on the bottom end of income earners for a long period of my life. And and now there are way nicer areas than than any I live in, and it doesn't bother me. I don't feel excluded or like it's unfair or something like that. I probably wouldn't like your style of life anyway, so I'm fine over here. I mean, I, I, I've never felt like I need to live in that neighborhood. Yeah, like I have some sort of right to live next door to Tiger Woods or Nancy Pelosi's drunk husband or, you know. I, I don't. I've never thought that for a minute. But, um, you know, it's funny. Getting back to the <laughs> Atherton Pelosi's thing. He's drunk husband. <laughs> just for instance, I'm trying to think of the super rich. <laughs> that's funny. But oh, I'm, 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 looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking at Fox. They got all kinds of pictures of Nancy Pelosi and her husband. So that's him, huh? He looks exactly like a soap opera character of who's like, you know, 82 years old and wealthy and powerful. He looks exactly like it. If you didn't hear, he uh, was driving around Napa drunk at 1030 at night on the other night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. He he walks over to the decanter, pours himself a whiskey in the middle of the day, turns to his young wife and says, I'm leaving you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so, I, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm going back to the Atherton, California example where the residents are saying, pay, it up, pay the fine instead of 100 gur a month. Well, let's see. They got 7,200 people. Um, you know, if I was better at math, I wouldn't have to do this. But 100,000. Uh, divided by 7,200 equals, that's like $14 per person per month. There you go. To keep apartment complexes out of your little, beautiful little enclave. Not a question. If it was 10 times that much, you'd pay it. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? You got the money to live there? $14 a month. Oh, no. Let me think about that. Please. You can barely get Apple TV for that. I actually don't know what I pay for that, like all my other uh, uh, subscriptions. I don't either. That'd be a fun game to play with people. What am I paying for my Apple TV? I have no idea. Uh, I should five dollars or fifty? I don't know. Something something between <laughs> five and fifty. I think because we all get signed up for our subscriptions. What does Netflix cost right now? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I took your advice and I uh, subscribed to one of your uh, audiobook uh, outfits to listen to that Paul Simon uh, book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. and One of your uh, audiobook outfits. Yeah. Audible? So, yeah. I think that is the biggest one. Yeah, I just, yeah, okay. I don't just uh, make them pay for advertising. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the book's fantastic, as you said. Oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. wonderful. Oh, my God. If you're a uh, songwriter or a musician or just a, a fan of, Paul Simon is a songwriter. It's it's it geeks out on music pretty good. I really love Audible for audiobooks. If you haven't tried that out, and uh, you you get a membership, and then you get you get a credit per month to buy a book. And I haven't been able to keep up with the credits, so I'm building more credits faster than I'm getting through books. Uh, I there was an, an article in the New York Times a, a while back, them claiming that listening to a book is the same as reading a book is in terms of uh, the good it do, does you mm-hmm. intellectually, and uh, that made me relax about it because I always felt kind of like I was cheating. Like if I said I read really? a, if oh. I If I said to somebody I read a book but I actually listened to it, I felt like I was a liar. 
in in a significant way. Wow, how interesting! I don't think I'd ever thought about like it. a misleading people. But then I wow. got I got a friend who's like going to be a PhD here in like a week uh, who studies this sort of thing and says there's no possible way it's the same listening to it as reading it. So I don't know. Really? Yeah. I don't know. No, I disagree. I feel like I, I, I get the I same disagree. thing out of it. He's he's got a PhD in belligerent, evidently. <laughs> and I'm going to give him a master's degree in an ass kicking if he doesn't, you know, settle down a little bit. No, different people take in information different ways. Probably in the pocket of big text. Right, right, big ink. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the Paul Simon book, um, and uh, it, well, uh, Malcolm Gladwell specifically, and it was funny because it so reminded me of my dad. I'll have to explain, but um, the one thing that was just the tiniest annoyment, uh, 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 just tiny. You don't like old Jews, was that? Well, no, I don't. Yes, I, I like many old Jews. Anyway, um. <clears throat> But young Jews, don't get me started. No, I'm kidding. What an idiotic thing to say, Jack. That's a very Ricky Gervais sort of joke. No, what an idiot. No, of course not. I, I love everybody. But um, what was interesting is Malcolm Gladwell, who's a brilliant guy, um, as the non-musician, he was obsessed with labeling things or asking Paul Simon to label them. Is that a folk song? Did you consider yourself a right, folk singer? Right, right. Is that did, did, and it's funny musicians most musicians don't care unless they're like super purists or like bluegrass purists or something like that. And it reminded me of uh, my dad. Uh reminded my dad's still with us thank God. But uh, you know he'll listen to a song and say what's this country and western? <laughs> like I don't know what do you like this song? <laughs> You like that groove? How about the guitar solo? Is this a rock and roll song? I don't, what, who cares? Is this country and western? <laughs> yeah. And it was funny. Gladwell was, was like that a little bit. But it is an absolutely wonderful uh, book slash uh, listen. And what's it called? Uh, Miracle and Wonder, I think. Yeah. Miracles and Wonder. Yeah. If you're Taken a... from the, uh, the lyrics of uh, the, 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 one of his songs. And it's only like five and a half hours long as opposed to some of the audiobooks I get that are, I just finished one that was 32 hours. Takes a while to get through those, but. Yeah, um, good we, Lord, that's we, a lot. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I'm willing to, you know, vote for some things that harden our schools that make me a little uncomfortable, frankly, if Republicans are willing to vote to tighten up the nation's firearms laws in a way that they have been unwilling to do previously. That's the nature of a compromise. And I think right now, um, parents in this country and kids are desperate for us to do something. They are frightened, they are anxious, and we will just add to their anxiety if nothing happens again. I want to play that. That's Senator Chris Murphy, he's a Democrat, and there are Republican clips like that, too. I've, the, I the I was hearing more I'm willing to compromise out of Republicans and Democrats than I remember ever hearing. So I have a feeling something is going to happen. The term something bothers me a lot because there is a real need or want just emotionally to do something. And just doing something, as you know, doesn't always address problems. And uh, some of the things that are being proposed, for instance, wouldn't have had done anything for the last couple of shootings. Yeah, whenever somebody gets into it, people are hurting, people need this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but if, the, if what you do fulfills their hurt and their need for you to do something, as opposed to actually solving a problem or helping solve the problem, I'm not interested in that. My go-to Second Amendment rights guy, pundit guy, is Charles C.W. Cook of the National Review. He's the best on that. He is so good. And he was, uh, he is willing to, uh, go with, uh, doing a better job on the red flag walls, laws, even though you gotta watch out as a, you know, conservative or libertarian or whatever, how it's implemented. Also, mm-hmm. the hardening of schools that the, it should be a state issue, but the federal government's got a lot of COVID money, for instance, washing around that they haven't figured out what to do with. Maybe spend that on trying to figure out a way to, make uh, schools more of a hard target. And then the idea of raising the um, age to buy a rifle to 21, there's no good constitutional argument on that. I mean, there's nothing specific about the Second Amendment that says all adults. So that's how that would fly. And we've been doing it for handguns, and there doesn't seem to be a, a huge hue and cry against that. We've been doing it for handguns for a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as we also talk about the the awful state of uh, young American men's mental health in a lot of cases, 
Talk about uh, culture that says a minor slight is reason to kill somebody. Um, you know, let's engage in those conversations, too, because, you know, the, you have a, a, a person willing to slaughter innocent people. N- never mind children, for the love of all that is holy. Um, and that person is able to get a gun. I absolutely agree that person getting that gun is troubling, but that's not the troubling part to me. And I just think as a society, we think, well, the the other one's big and ugly and complicated and has to do with the human soul and the nature of our country and the rest of it, so let's just pass a law that will take care of that other issue. Oh, I was going to get into the number of gun deaths thing. So how how does this strike you? We have way more guns in this country than other countries have. We just just do for all kinds of different cultural reasons and Second Amendment reasons. But gun violence deaths per 100,000 people. In the United States, it's almost four gun violence deaths per 100,000 people last year. Next highest is Italy with .372, France .336. Um, it goes, I mean, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. They have almost zero in Japan, for instance. Japan has no guns. Practically nobody owns a gun. We have 400 million guns at least in the United States. Those are the legal guns. 400 million. Uh, we're just a different culture around that. And most mm-hmm. state and countries don't have a Second Amendment. But we have way more gun deaths. There were a ton over the weekend. Almost all gang-related? Yeah, yeah. Young men in disputes decided to shoot each other. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Just fact-checking something you said, Jack. France actually does have a Second Amendment. It protects the right to wear berets. Little known fact. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael! You know, the best news I heard today that was happy was that Costco's keeping their hot dog at $1.50. That made me smile. I needed news like that. And I love their vanilla ice cream cup. That's my guilty pleasure. I've never had their vanilla ice it's cream cup. It's very good. Okay. Yeah. Check that out. Hmm. Interesting. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Uh, he's wearing a dead man's clothing. Uh, Alex, <laughs> final thought? It's on our Select Cut podcast. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, mentioned it earlier in the show. Saw Top Gun Maverick over the weekend. I want everyone to see this. It was so good, so entertaining. There was great character development, witty lines. It's everything the 80s movie had, but better. Jack, a final thought for us? I've never seen the Mona Lisa in person. I wouldn't wait in line... I'd wait five minutes, but no longer to see the Mona Lisa. Somebody attacked it over the weekend. Didn't hurt it any. It's covered in all kinds of protective glass and that sort of stuff. What an overrated piece of art. It just has become its own thing. Like, I've seen the Mona Lisa. Right? I'm not going to hurl a piece of cake at it. No. Big deal. Uh, My final thought is that over the weekend, we visited a Civil War battle uh, ground, and it was a very moving experience, especially on Memorial Day. Uh, Spend a minute once in a while at a national cemetery or a battleground and think about the young men, mostly young men who fought and died there. They're just like you. They wanted to live, but they laid down their lives. Appreciate that. Remember them. Wow, your final thought was way better than mine. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. 
So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have the hot links for you. Got some great A&G swag. Oh, that reminds me. My daughter sent me her written review of the sports bra. I'll have to share that with you later. Uh, let's see. What else is... Oh, the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast. If you missed a chunk of the show, listen later. Glad she took the time. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. Armstrong and Getty. Debauchery looks fun, but it's just not that much fun. It was so bizarre and so grotesque. It's rather preposterous, isn't it? Absolutely. How is this sanitary? It's 100 on the crazy meter. Holy crap. Are you sh- I would say we are at a pivotal moment. It's time to end this idiotic discussion. And that's it. I could only laugh. Uh, now, now, money. <laughs> on that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.